Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Pint. Jonathan Taylor, along with Sean McCool. Sean, we've got a uh, couple of interviews today. We're going to start with uh, an interview with a, a local establishment down in Georgia. I tried to get them on last week to talk about uh, packaging, marketing, branding for beer companies, but uh, couldn't make it last week. So we're we're going to do an episode, an interview with the co-founder. He's going to be joining us here shortly. This is like a full service brewery food, the whole thing. Yeah. I was looking at their website and I was like, dang, I'm hungry now. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll be, yeah, that'll be fun. And uh, like you said last, like this is the time of week that they're firing up for their weekend. So, oh yeah. Yeah, uh, we're lucky to have them on. So excited Absolutely. to hear about that. But while we're waiting for them, um, I guess you and I can talk some beverages. Yeah, we can. I was really anticipating this today because we uh, we ordered from a company uh, we talked about last week, Rivalry Brews. So we placed an order right. some, I think most, uh, almost everything identical. So we could have some similar brews going. And yeah. Uh, Mine came in a couple of days ago, but yours has been held up. So. Mine is in Fort Worth <laughs> somewhere in a warehouse is, is the last dot on the update map Yeah, because of the ice that we've had the last two days. I mean, it's all cleared off now, but sure. um, as it does in the South, you know, yeah. clears up after two days, but it did stop yep. all deliveries for like two days. So we're about now probably won't get it till Monday. So I had to make a quick run out to the HEB, grab mm-hmm. some beverages, um, but I think I got some good ones. Okay. All right. So, uh, I'll just, I guess I'll jump in. Yeah. What do you got? So I've got one from the Texas beer company mm-hmm. and it is called the King Grackle Stout. Yep. Now, if you're not familiar, it's actually a stout ale. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not familiar with the grackle, it's a blackbird that like makes all kinds of ruckus in the trees and like, I guess a lot of birds make it's just a noisy, annoying bird that's pretty popular here. In it's Texas. an annoying name. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even like that. As I say grackle, that's annoying. It looks a lot like a crow. Uh-huh. You know, it's just it's just an annoying bird. So any, I'm not sure why you name your beer after a grackle, <laughs> except that they do kind of run. Yeah, wherever they're at, they kind of run it. So anyway, this is a full-bodied stout that flies boldly above the flock. It has rich, smooth finish with notes of chocolate and coffee. Cheers, y'all. Oh, nice. And this is from Texas Brew- Texas Beer Company. All right. Actually reminds me a lot of our guests, like um, like the simple logo. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Just I like, like that. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a beer company in Texas. That we'll just call it the Texas <laughs> Beer Company. Like that just... <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, it seems to work. With the logo, I mean, that's synonymous right there. That big old state logo. Yeah. yeah. Seven and a half. So we have, yeah, that'll be the strongest one I've had since the new year. So Good. Yeah, so back in the saddle. All right. So I've got a, uh, I'm bringing on a uh, goggle, a goggle fogger. This is a Hefeweizen. <laughs> so that'll get you an E rating right there, just saying it. German style Hefeweizen. Talk about a little uh, little packaging there. And uh, I have to admit, Sean, I did uh, snag this out of the pack because this is this is one that I did you not did order. not order. So I yeah. added it in, and I'm glad I did. So Here's mine. Ooh, nice and dark. Nice and dark. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a – I don't have too many Hefeweizens. Used to when I lived there in Germany, but not as much anymore. But this is a um, 5.5 ABV, 12 IBUs. 
So, uh, I see, uh, our, our guest is in the green room and it's sipping on a beer. So we should probably find out what oh, he's drinking as if well. That's the case. We gotta, we gotta bring him in then. It looked like a nice dark beer. So I'm excited to bring him in. All right. Let's see here. Nick. Oh, there it is. So we have Nick Purdy. He is the co-founder of Wild Heaven uh, Beers. I want to say brewery, but it's Wild Heaven Beers. And uh, happy to have him on. Let's see here. Add. Hey, Nick. Thanks for joining hey us, man. Glad to have you on. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We saw, you know, Sean pointed out you had a, a beer. So normally I forgot to ask if you would have a brew joining us. Look at that thing, man. I mean, awesome. it's pretty late on a Friday, which we call <laughs> happiest hour. And that's right. So of course I'm having a beer. This is our release <laughs> that we're doing today called Beach Bonfire. Oh, nice. And, nice. Uh, it's, a, it's a porter, which by the way, we're in our 12th year and this is the second porter we've ever made. And the first one was only a few months ago. We just never did porters. And um, this one, we actually took some malted barley, mm -hmm. sent it with our sales guy from Atlanta down to the Georgia coast to St. Simon's Island to our friends at this amazing barbecue restaurant called Southern Soul, who we've done beer dinners with for years and years, left the grain with them. They put it on their smoker where they do all their barbecue and brisket and everything. And then we sent our guy back a few weeks later, picked up that smoked malt, Brought it oh. back to Decatur, oh, where we are man. in Atlanta, and we brewed this smoked porter. And so we're calling since they're down there on the coast, we call it Beach Bonfire. Beautiful. That is awesome. That is like That's that happening. is putting the craft in craft beer right there. <laughs> yeah, like it really is. That is cool. Hey, is these lights behind me like terrible? I can turn them off. I don't. No, I don't it's know. Fine. I, no, no, it's fine. Sure? No, I yeah. can't tell. What as long as you can things. hear, anyway. as long as you, the audio is good, that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you guys at? Uh, Sean's in Austin, and I'm in Knoxville, Knoxville, Tennessee. Two, two terrific towns. I'll oh, be in yeah. Austin in um, in March for South by Southwest. Oh yeah, firing back up. That's good firing to hear. Back up. That Man, that's all the fantastic. restaurants are happy to hear <laughs> that that's happening this year. Indeed. So that's a that's a big chunk of the revenue every year, hotels and everything. So yeah, we're two years without it. It's like a different <laughs> town. So we're coming back. Awesome. All right, love it. So what do you guys right. mostly do? What do you focus on mostly uh, IPAs or? Uh, I would not call us an IPA centric brewery. We actually started kind of with more Belgian roots okay. in a way. Mm -hmm. When we first launched in 2010, we launched with two high gravity beers. Okay. One was a Belgian strong golden ale, but made with no candy sugar. So an all malt, which is pretty unusual at eight and a half percent. And then we also did a, a, my partner, Eric was like, Hey, uh, let's do a brown ale. Yeah. Let's see if we can find uh, invocation as you scroll there. I've had that emergency. I've had the, yeah, that's our flagship. That's such, a, such a great you scroll can. a little far. Yeah. So the girl, the, the blonde haired girl there, that's invocation. Okay. So that was uh, our first beer. And that's why it's called invocation. It was the, the first, it was the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, and so Eric, my partner had a lot of travel in Europe and is kind of a mad scientist and he's our brewmaster. And he's like, I don't want to use adjunct sugars if we can avoid it. And I said, well, why is that? And this is where the science nerd kind of took off. He goes, well, let me explain something to you. The alcohol that you drink that's malted out of grain has a certain molecular structure. Alcohol that comes from sugar, 
like uh, even candy sugar, as elegant as that is for your Belgian beers, he goes, it's a different molecular structure. It has fusel oils in it. And it, it's why you get a headache along with, you know, your hangover. Mm-hmm. So maybe you've had certain beers that are higher in sugar content and they're going to, you're not just going to get drunk. You're going to have that uh, feeling yeah. the next day. And like uh, red wine. From, yeah, I was going to say uh, that explains uh, the red wine uh, hang uh, headache in the morning. Yeah. Absolutely. It's similar to that. And so he said, I want us to make our Belgian beers without the candy sugar. And the, the disadvantage is the candy sugar gives you a lovely lighter mouthfeel, but it's just going to hammer you a little bit more. So we, in fact, I even pulled the can for you guys. We make a, a Belgian quadruple. We call, I'm sorry, I'm terrible at this. Escaton. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is a 10 and a half percent quad. And it's to our knowledge, the only one in the world made with no candy sugar. We were able to get wow. that Belgian quad yeast to ferment out a 10 and a half percent beer, which is really difficult to do back when we were the approximately 14th hundredth brewery to have a license in the United States. There's now close to 10,000. Um, this for a time on beer advocate was the number one rated U S Belgian style quadruple. Wow. So Sean and I, we're going to send you our, uh, we're going to send you our address so you can send us some. We'll be the judge of that because we rate beers on the show. This year's batch is very good. Very good. It used to be a regular beer. Now we make it, uh, we make it most every year, one batch. Last year we didn't make it during COVID, but we also had saved some extra from the year before and put it in some bourbon barrels. So last year we did a BBA version. Nice. Very Very nice. Nice. Uh, All right. Well, well, I'm, I want to drink mine, so let's. Uh, let's oh do yeah, our cheers! Yeah, and, cheers. Hey, what do you guys got? Um, I have a one from Texas Beer Company called the King Grackle Stout. So a local brew here, it's nice. actually up in McKinney, Texas, near Dallas. Thanks where they're from. I've had I've had quite a few of theirs. Um, so it's a it says a stout ale, but you know, awfully dark. I guess it's not black. It's got a little amber to it, but not much. So we'll find out. I've never had this one before. So I've got a Hefeweizen. It's a uh, Gogelfager. <laughs> All right. Well, cheers. If you say so. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Jonathan, you putting that in a glass? Are we going to get to look at it? Yeah, right here. It's a little oh, light. Okay. <laughs> it's a little light for my tasting. I told Sean, it's been quite some time. I, it's been a while since I've had a Hefeweizen. I used to drink these. All, I, I lived in Germany for a while. Many, many moons ago, and I used to drink a Hefeweizen all the time, but I've since gravitated more towards darker beers. So, because you're getting old, that's right. I gravitate, toward, I gravitate very luckily as a brewery owner toward all the beers, all the beers. <laughs> Probably good for business. Yeah, whatever our release is that week, and we do something almost every week, that's what I'm drinking. Happy to have whatever it is. So, we give a yeah. rating. I think your rating is going to be a little biased there, Nick. Um, <laughs> So I, I, I don't know. We'll still take it, but uh, we do a scale of one to five pints. And from your honest assessment of um, decimals are welcome. <laughs> so you can go as many decimal places as you need. Y- sure. Give us, give us your take on, uh, on this one, the Eskaton. Uh, well, which the one beach, are you having? Well, I'm having the beach bonfire. Oh, that's right. The beach bonfire. Reason I did not bring that can in with me. The label is cool, <laughs> but it's basically an illustration of a campfire. It's not the, anyway. Um, the beach bonfire. But, give us, give us a one to five pint rating. So I'm going to give it a, uh, a four. And the reason I'm going to give it a four is that I wish the smoke 
was a little bit more prominent than it turned out to be. Okay. Mm. I think as a porter goes, it's, it's on point. It's Mm -hmm. got that, you know, when you drink a porter, it's because you don't want to drink a stout right that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You look at you kind of want that vibe. You want the dark roastiness. You want something sure. that's not really all about hops and crispness. You want something a little more, mm-hmm. you know, cool weathery, whatever. Yeah. But uh, an imperial stout might feel like a little much in the moment for whatever too, too reason. Heavy. So yeah. a porter kind of is a. Con- that's why I think we haven't made many guys. Right. A porter to us always felt like a compromise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we're stopping short of where we really want to be. Sure. And so we haven't made many, but I. It, it, it has a place for damn sure. So I, I, I'm going to drink a bunch of this tonight. I'll probably have four of these. <laughs> every, nice. every, every Friday in our tap room, um, you know, we have a thing we call happiest hour. Mm-hmm. And every day has got a happy hour in it. But Friday, you've done the work. You've earned your weekend. It's not about staying out and getting crazy on a Friday night. It's taking an hour or two at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. trying to stop, get into a moment of, of actual gratitude Absolutely. of being thankful for yeah. the work you've got to do, the friends that you have. Sure. And so we, a bunch of our friends and a lot of our customers, they, they try to come out on Friday. We'll put a band on tonight. We've got a campfire going and all that kind of stuff. And so when we opened our second brewery a couple of years ago, um, Sarah Young, who's our EVP, uh, she asked me, she said, hey, we need a name for kind of the, all the beers that come from the, the small batch brewery at our new place. And she said, can we use your West End, I mean, your happiest hour idea. And so, shit, I'm terrible. How do I do yeah, that? Yeah, StreamYard's a little so, backwards. There we go. It feels like so it should be on the left. Beers, it's opposite. <laughs> so you can see that, right? So oh, all yeah. of our beers that come from our second brewery, which is a smaller system, they're called happiest hour. And it's our exploration project. So these are all mostly one-offs. Yeah. And uh, so that's what Friday is. God. Looks so this Russian is last enough. week's beer. Yeah. Phenomenal. Look at that amazing name. You get it? Yeah. Cesare. Yeah. It's awesome. I love that. That beer, five, that one was a five out of five, by the way. Mm-hmm. In fact, if, if it was later in the day, I'd already be having one. <laughs> I'm going to be drinking the crap out of this beer until it gets warm. Ten, what is that? Ten per, is that 10%? I think this one was... Uh, Nine and a half is what it says on the label, so no, we'll go okay. with that. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Jonathan, right. what do you rate yours? Uh, I'm going to give this a, I'm going to give this a three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. 3.5. Oh, sounds like a little bit of a letdown. Mm. Yeah. So, so mine, I'm going to give, I'm going to give it a, a solid four also, um, because it's exactly what I'd kind of expect from a stout. It's got the coffee flavor. It's not too sweet, not too heavy, um, but it does have the coffee and the little chocolatey. So it's it's what I would expect. It's not anything that's like over the top, but it's quality. It's not. It doesn't under deliver either. So I'm gonna. What's the ABV on that stout? This one is seven and a half. I think. Is what it was. Okay, I like that range. We don't see that yes. much. You either make a dry Irish stout or an imperial stout. It seems, and not many right. of those sort of in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Stouts, which I found myself liking a little bit lately. Yeah, I mean, you get you start getting up into nine ten. And uh, you get a nice buzz, but they don't, you know, sometimes they don't sit right. They're just a little too sweet. Yeah. Alcohol you have, a beer, in. you have a beer at that level, you're making a decision. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Probably with an Uber call at the end, for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's uh, let's jump in and, and kind of talk shop. Just so you know, Nick, a lot of our people 
um, they're kind of across the board. We got salespeople that listen. We've got copywriters. We've got you know people that are running their own little brands, physical product brands. So it's kind of a yep. wide variety, but entrepreneurs, salespeople, things like that. So we'll just for some context for you. Um, Jonathan, did you have a bio? Did you already do that? Yeah, I got it pulled up right here in front of me. Let's see. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, see what the media people sent over. So again, Nick Purdy, co-founder of Wild Heaven Beers, Georgia's fourth oldest production craft brewery and uh, presenter of some of the game's most creative and colorful beer branding. That'll be some of what we talk about today. Um, let's see, over the, over the brewery's decade-plus operation, the branding of each can has been deliberately eye-catching and tells the story. Sean, you were featuring some of that when you were, uh, yep. uh, you know, zooming through some of those uh, some of those selections. Um, but they were founded back in 2010, operates two Georgia brewery and taproom locations. So, uh, Nick, thanks for coming on, and maybe you could share a little bit about... Um, you know, some of the history of the company and, uh, some of your, some of your core lineup. I know I've had the emergency, uh, drinking beer. I've had a couple of variations of that. I know that's probably a big one for you guys, but maybe you could start by telling, how'd you get into the, um, you know, how did you get into the business for starters? So, um, yeah. Uh, and by the way, thanks for the invitations. Yeah. Very kind of you. Uh, by the way, is, is this like live going out or are we taping this for later? Or is it both? This both. is most of our, most of our, uh, audience is, is listens to the audio version. So we just throw StreamYard forces us to do a, a kind of a live thing. I mean, it's just pr- pretty it. much automatic. So I need to paint pictures with my words. <laughs> there, you there you go. There you go. Yep. Got it. Um, well, so we started, uh, wild heaven in 2010. I've known Eric, my partner since, uh, 94, we had mutual friends. He was at the university of Georgia when I went to Auburn university in Alabama and um, I would go see my friends in Athens because the music was better there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As you might have heard. A whole lot. Um, and, um, and Eric was, uh, was in the group of friends that I already knew, and we just got to know each other, a little mutual admiration society. Uh, mid-90s, I'm going over to his house outside of Athens. Our families get to know each other, kids getting born, all that kind of stuff, and he starts brewing beer in his backyard. But Eric doesn't brew like other people. He doesn't get a, uh, a five-gallon pot and put it on the stove. He gets a 50-gallon steam-jacketed kettle and hard pipes it into natural <laughs> gas in his backyard. And so he's essentially built a production brewery before we knew what a nano brewery would ever be called. He built one literally off the edge of his back deck. So you drink most homebrew, and you guys have had some homebrew, I suspect. Mm-hmm. It's what it is. Yeah. It's what it is. Yeah. But when you drink a, a homebrew that's been steam-jacketed, because you know when you when you when you – hot fire a beer from underneath the the cooking isn't right it's uneven and you don't get a a really nice um you don't get a really nice wort out of that Mm -hmm. eric was able to you know evenly steam cook you know the wort and so the beers you drink at his house were like holy shit what is this (laughs) i mean the first belgian dark beers i ever had were beers made by this guy who's a tree expert. I mean, like he's like one of the more foremost horticulturalists in the country. You can go Google uh, Eric Johnson, garden smart. He's got, had a gardening show on PBS for 20 plus years. Um, Literally cured cancer in the elm tree. And I'm not joking about that. Um, He's, he's a maniac uh, Renaissance man. So anyway, 
Fast forward to the 2000s, I had helped start a, uh, an independent pop culture magazine called Paste, P-A-S-T-E, Paste Magazine, which is huge to this day as an internet um, magazine. And we kind of were like one of the, the big sort of indie culture brands, mm-hmm. like Pitchfork or somebody like that. And um, during that time period, I we got really into craft beer, a great pub here in our neighborhood called the Brick Store Pub. You guys have probably heard of that one here in Atlanta, one of the top rated in the world. Mm-hmm. Spent a lot of time there, and eventually I said to my partner at Paste, I was like, I don't know how to tell you this, but I think I want to sell beer more than advertise things. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I said, I think, I gave him like three years notice. I said, I think I'm going to go start a craft brewery. And um, as so I went to Eric, and I was just like, hey, uh, I don't know why you haven't started a brewery yet. You're a brilliant, crazy genius, but if you'll do this with me, I'll, you think about the liquid, I'll think about the rest of it. And, um, sure. Wow. Nice. And I, so that's, that's the deal we've got. And you know, I'm, I'm not a brewer. I've never brewed a batch of beer in my life. I have a lot of opinions on what a beer should be <laughs> and whether a beer is good or not. And, yeah. but I'm not a brewer. Don't pretend to be. And, um, and so we just got a, a great, that's partnership cool. You we, guys have a good relationship. You each stay in your lane. Uh, in terms of what you guys are good at, uh, you know, you're good at the, probably the, uh, I'm sure the promotion and, you know, getting the word out, he's good at the, uh, you know, making the product. So yeah, that's he's true. Good. He's a, he's both an artist and a scientist. Like he's a yeah. really good musician. Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually had a record label once and put out an album by my future business partner. So he's, he's a true left brain, right brain, both. Wow. And, and I tell people that's actually what you want in your brewer because uh, a right-brained creative brewer will make you something really fun and interesting. <laughs> a left-brained brewer yeah. will be able to replicate that beer and make it again. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's <laughs> a good point. Yep. Yeah. So you kind of want, you want both the art and the science. So I, I feel incredibly blessed to have a, a, a brewer partner who, who is both. That's great. That's great. So what is, uh, so in terms of, you know, marketing, tell us some of the things that you do. I mean, uh, outside of, you know, packaging, you know, creativity goes in. I mean, there's so many craft beer, you know, craft breweries that are coming online today. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of them. So I know you guys, you know, you have to stay ahead of the curve in terms of, you know, making sure that your beer stands out, uh, not only in taste, but also in appearance, and just how you label it and market it. So if you would kind of talk about that end, because I find it fascinating. Sean and I, we talk about all the all the time on the show, you know, that one of the first things that we, you know, when we pick out a beer at our local establishment or wherever, it's the first thing that captures our attention is that label and yeah, it, uh, it, curiosity factor. Yeah, and uh, and I'll tell you that, that that's evolved a lot in the last mm-hmm. few years. Um, you go back to I don't know six, seven, eight years ago. Um, you're really you're thinking more about a brand or a label that might last. I'll, I'll pull up. Well, you already saw the emergency drinking beer. Yep. Which for us is this is this is a once in a lifetime branding win. I mean, yeah, this oh, yeah. is a flagship. It's still a third of our business. Mm-hmm. Um, a designer brought this to us and said, Hey, I've been trying to find a project to apply this old emergency drinking water can art that the U S army made back in the mid 20th century. And, uh, we're like, at first we were like at the time, and I don't, I should have grabbed the bottles, but you know, we were pretty traditional beer branding at the time, you know, 12 ounce bottles, 
pretty similar look across all of them. And I looked at that art. It came, it came to my, to my email exactly where I'm sitting right now. Yeah. And I remember opening the email and going, well, that's good. I get it. That's clever, but it doesn't fit for wild heaven. Unfortunately, it's just, yeah. it's not for us. Right. And about a day later, I was like, that does not matter. Yeah. This, this is a once in a lifetime deal. Yeah. And so we said yes to this best decision we ever made. Yeah. So back then you're thinking more about long-term brands. What are, what are um, visual identities that are defensible, trademarkable, haven't been done by anybody, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. You really are thinking long-term and we still do. Like we have, we have year round brands. This past year we, decided to get into the Pilsner game because that's my favorite style of beer. And I think it's going to grow a lot in craft beer. And on this one, oh, I'm going to get this right guys. There we go. <laughs> on this one, we went, we weren't even trying to come up with a name for the beer. It just says Euro style Pilsner. <laughs> right. God, this is my brain. I'll, is not functional. I'll add it. There you go. There. Thank you. Yeah. You got the 16 ounce there. This is the 12. And this one you can kind of tell kind of evokes a Belgian European kind of vibe to it. Doesn't even have a fanciful name. Um, so at times you're still trying to think long term, but what's also happened so much in craft beer, and we got lucky by getting to open a second brewery with a smaller, mm-hmm. smaller uh, brew house, is now we can we can make something new every week if we want, and we pretty much do. And so now we're in the in that space of how can we just put a smile on people's faces? And sure. It, if somebody asks us what business we're in, I don't say beer. I say we're in the, we're in the happiness business. Our entire <laughs> job is to make people happy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. When you, when you make a fun pun like Zari, not Zari. Yeah. There we go. You know, <laughs> that's really good. It. That's that's so did you come up with that name? You know, Josh, our head brewer got that one. Okay. So he, he I, and I told him he got, he got beer name of the year for that one. That was <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, so we view the sort of like, cause you know, nowadays our breweries, we're still focused on distribution, getting our beer in grocery stores, package stores, all that. Very, very important. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, especially as laws have, you know, progressed here in Georgia, which is, which had some of the most regressive beer laws in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, our tap rooms now are very viable, real important businesses. So we put a lot more effort than we did say five, six years ago sure. into driving interest and coming into our tap rooms. And that's where that happiest hour series of new beers every week. So what do we do? Let's we, at this point now, we're not so worried about, is this a brand we can roll with forever? It's something to make people happy this week. It'll be around for a few weeks after that. So I had another beer I brought for you guys. This one we did. Um, oh my God. St. Dolly. I got to get St. Dolly. So, so Jonathan, you're in Tennessee. So, you know, the great Dolly Parton. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so, um, one of our, um, one of our team members is a big Dolly Parton fan. Mm-hmm. So last year she came to us and I want to do a, I want to do a beer in honor of her birthday. And, um, we decided to canonize Dolly Parton <laughs> and, uh, people know my musical background with the paste magazine stuff sure. and my partner being a musician. So we love doing musical ideas. In fact, the name of the company wild heaven comes from the old REM song near wild heaven, right? Which right. is a perfect thing for my partner being from Athens and all that. Absolutely. So the Dolly idea was an opportunity to celebrate somebody amazing, to do something that felt of a piece with us to, to put a smile on people's faces. So we actually pulled 
the press release that the Vatican did when they canonized John Paul II, mm-hmm. the, po- the former Pope. And I, I sent it to actually to Josh, the editor at Paste Magazine, my, my good friend. And I said, hey, can you change all the facts in this press release to be about Dolly Parton, but leave the tone and the structure of it exactly the same. <laughs> right. That's great. And he awesome. did it. And then we, you know, I don't know if you know, I'm not Catholic, but if you're Catholic, you got to have two miracles to become a saint. Sure. Well, Dolly Parton has two miracles. (laughs) The first miracle is that she wrote Jolene and I will always love you on the same day. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Mind blown. Yeah. Yeah. The other miracle is she gave like the first million bucks to accelerate the development of the Moderna vaccine. Mm -hmm. So she's out there saving the world. So we're like, that's Dolly's two miracles. She's a saint. And so we canonized her and put this whole marketing deal (laughs) out and hands hand. I don't have one to show you, but we hand sequined Mm -hmm. a bunch of cans. So the first few four packs had like a, a literal hand sequined can in the, in the four pack. That's awesome. so just goofy stuff like that is part these days is how it's really different maybe sure. than a few years ago where surprise and delight is, is our, is job one. How do mm-hmm. we just, how do we delight people? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it'd be good with that. You could do a gift pack of that beer. Hold up your glass, Jonathan, with a glass sort of shaped like that, but maybe a little more top heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that style glass with the, the, the heavier top. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Make a Dolly Parton glass to go with a, a four pack. That'd be a good yeah, gift set that's right there. That's perfect. No, I mean, that's, that's amazing. So what kind of, I mean, did you get quite a bit of press from something like that? You know, for, I mean, yeah, I mean, you get a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, that one sold really fast. Yeah. Um, people came in to get the sequin cans, mm-hmm. for example. Um, yeah. You know, you have to be careful with some trademark stuff. We learned about a few years ago, we did a series of barrel aged fruited sours that are also named after uh, female musicians. We did one called Emmy Lou, one called Mavis and, um, yeah. and one called Joni after right. obviously Emmy Lou Harris, Mavis Staples, Joni Mitchell. And we wanted to, each of those women happens to have a fairly well-known haircut silhouette where if you did like a, like a, like you'd be very recognizable. Sure. When we were talking to a trademark guy, he's like, yeah, you got to be careful there. There's a thing called implied endorsement, uh, which is exactly what it sounds like. It makes it look like you have explicit mm. partnership and permission. And uh, we didn't and weren't really even trying to seek that out. So we, we took that off. So even this Dolly can, like what we do to evoke her is there's butterflies and sequins, but there's no like imagery. Sure. There's nothing about music. Yep. Now, right. could we reach out to Dolly's people and be like, Hey, would you like to be a formal part of this? Mm-hmm. Um, they would say, well, maybe how much money will we get? And it's too small <laughs> that's for that to be a right, viable right. conversation. Yeah. But what we are doing and what we've done both years is, uh, and we do this a lot is, um, there's a donation aspect. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Dolly has a number of charities that she publicly supports. So a portion of the, Proceeds from that St. Dolly beer are, in fact, going to get given to one sure. of Dolly's favorite charities. Yeah. So it sounds like you're seeing the the cycle of beers and design and everything that goes with it. So when you have when you launch a beer, you've got to think about not just the beer and making the liquid. You got to be thinking about design, how long this thing's going to run. I mean, it, it's, it seems like it's like everything else in the world. It's a much faster turnover than it was. Well, it's, it's totally inefficient. I mean, having to come up with a new beer idea every week is, um, That's, yeah, it takes, it takes work. I mean, would I rather just have, um, you know, the emergency drinking brew brewing company and just make a million cases of this a month? Yeah. God, I remember Sam Clagione from Dogfish Head years and years ago said that, um, he said, and this is back before 
but this has probably been around 2004. So a long time ago, he's no, I'm sorry, like 2010 or 12. He said, look, if we didn't actively push against it, we would be the 60 minute IPA brewing company because he's like, we could, we could just make that and we don't even make enough, mm -hmm. but we make all the other stuff because we want to. Yeah. And, um, if you were just the one beer brewing company and you could make enough of that to make your profits, boy, that'd be easier. Sure. It'd be yeah. so much easier. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I mean, so that, it, it's a both and like, it's really important for us to build, you know, long-term brands that are going to sell six packs at Publix and Kroger. Like yeah. you really, really need that. Um, and that's like the foundation, but you know, the opportunity to do all this other fun stuff, you, you can't pass that up either. I was going to say, it's got to be fulfilling for you. I mean, you sound like you're a guy who likes to do a bunch of different stuff anyway. So it probably keeps you from, keeps you entertained if nothing else, right? Well, 100%. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see you um, being the, the one beer guy uh, based I'm on not. what I've heard so far. So no, you're, you're hundred percent right about that. But just from a, from a raw business perspective, yeah. it'd be simpler to not make so many beers. <laughs> Yeah. But, so um, I read, I read you had 50 releases just in 2021. Is that right? Wow. It is. Yeah. yeah. Um, we did because oh, one a well, week, partially so yeah. because it's almost one a week. I mean, that includes everything we did at our main brewery as well, which has, mm -hmm. you know, a number of seasonals and a, a few one-offs, but most of those one-offs, yeah. Coming from the, from the smaller brewery. So, um, there is definitely a thirst for the new in craft beer and, and we, we craft brewers created that. Yeah. Like we, we have only ourselves to blame for the fact that, you know, last month's IPA is not as interesting as the IPA that came out today. Sure. And, um, you know, I remember going to the Vale in Richmond about 10 years ago, eight years ago, whatever. And I look up at the menu and it's like, there's like 12 or 13 beers on draft, one stout and 12 IPAs. And I'm just yeah. thinking, well, we would never do that, but it's pretty amazing that this is working for them. Right. Right. But, yeah. you know, give me another IPA. Give me another IPA. <laughs> you guys have heard the phrase the new new. Have you heard this? The new new? What's new no. isn't good enough. I need the new new. <laughs> yeah. That seems about right. Yeah. But doesn't that also there's a there's an upside to that is that people want to try new things. So sure. absolutely. Yeah. So if you're if you're if you can keep up. Mm -hmm. And it just builds that repeat because one of the hardest things to do is have repeat customers. I mean, getting customers is hard. Repeat customers is also hard. Yeah. It's probably less hard than, than brand new first time customers. But that's yeah. the, I mean, that makes the business work is the repeat customers. Absolutely. I mean, uh, us putting out a new beer every week is not unlike a good restaurant with a special, you know, right. um, I have a lot of customers that visit us you know, every week or two because they're coming to get the, whatever the new thing is. And we build our, you know, most tap rooms in the United States, I would imagine are like ours where they do, I'm guessing two thirds of their business just on Friday and Saturday and Sunday, maybe yeah. even more. Mm -hmm. right. And we use those weekly drops to create the interest to come back out this weekend, you know? So does every every beer every week at its own new can or is some of it just on tap and, or is it all full most production? Of the time, most of the time we, we go ahead and get some cases made. There's occasional uh, ones that we don't. Yeah. Um, and there's occasional weeks we don't have anything new, but it's rare. It's honestly rare. Wow. So how far out does that process start? Like if you're going to release the beer, how far out, if you just came up with an idea today, yep. 
than well, how I will I say, I'm sure you're getting good at it. <laughs> we have, uh, it's a couple months. Um, yeah. because depending on the type of beer, it's going to take different time. Like yeah. the Dolly beer is a blonde box. So that's an actual lager. So that's not a two week beer. That's a, that's a four or five week beer. Um, yeah. We actually, now that we've done so many of these, a lot of them earn, you know, another shot. They're not all one off. Some of them are like, all right, who, who gets to get another, sh- you know, another release. Yeah. And there's some beers that are just so good. The brand is so good. Like, ah, we got to do that one again. Sure. So um, for 2022, we did in fact sit down and review two years worth of releases and say, all right, wh- what's the calendar for 2022? This is the most planned year we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. but, but it's only really been a couple of years that we've been in this space of, of really doing this volume of releases. And I think a lot of breweries around the country are, are in the same boat where this we've created this monster and now we got to figure out how to sustain it, you know? Yeah. Well, I've got one more question then we're going to be running short on time here. How do you keep the creativity going? Like yeah. that's something I know a lot of people that want to release new products or new ideas or even new campaigns for the same product. Yep. Like, how do you, how do you stay creative? How do you keep coming up with new ideas, new art, new, all that stuff? Yeah. Um, you know, on one hand, if you think you've run through all the great ideas, you're just lazy. There's more. Um, but the, I will say this though, and this has really been fun. Like it's not about me and Eric naming everything. We have a great staff team who loves beer just like we do and loves wild heaven just like we do. And who can name a beer? Anybody in the company can name a beer. And every once in, you know, people ask, well, how is it, how do you come up with the names? How long does it take? Blah, blah, blah. Sometimes a beer names itself in two seconds and this is done. Other times it takes weeks or months, particularly for the new year round beers. I'm like, we've got an IPA coming out this spring. That's like the biggest release in our whole history. And it took us nine months to name it. It was a real big process. Um, but you know, with these one-off beers, sometimes we'll just send a, a message to the company Slack that says, Hey, we've got this beer. Here's the idea. Anybody got any fun ideas and great, you know, which is fun. Like I, I want our staff to be engaged in that process. It gives them an opportunity to feel a new level of ownership, to have some pride. Yeah, I named that beer, <laughs> you, know? Right. you know, so that's, we, we take advantage of the amazing team that we built. Probably drinking high gravity beer doesn't hurt as well <laughs> no. on a Friday night. No, no, doesn't hurt at all. Doesn't hurt at all. And I'm sure. Do you do you get many uh, ideas from your customer? Obviously, the dolly was from a customer, right? Mm-hmm. That no, that saying? was one of our. That was, that was one of our staff. One yeah. of staff. Okay. But um, no, we. I I can't say that we've gotten many great ideas from customers. Okay, lots of ideas. <laughs> yeah, ideas. Great ideas. Very few great ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Have to have because I'm always amazed, like you know, especially college football on Saturday, Twitter, like how creative, how much creative power there is is out on the internet. Like people are so creative and clever. Uh, It's just it's amazing. You know, if you ever think that like there's no creative creativity left in the world, just go on Twitter during a football game and see what people say about coaches and. everything well, else Sean, behind you is the, is the famous Ted Lasso banner. Yes. And <laughs> I, I'll bet you, if we looked, we could probably find five beers that have that art layout with some different word on it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably so. Yep. No doubt. With the very recognizable, like out of kilter, you know, yep. the whole deal. Yep. yep. Well, I know there's, there's a, there's a couple beers here that I've had on the show. Um, 
that are eighties nostalgia type beer. So one's called sweep the leg. Oh yeah. Um, from karate oh, kid. Yeah. Like there's <laughs> a couple others that, you know, they, the nostalgia as we've talked about on the show a lot. It's like, that really works. And people love oh, it, especially our age. We did, a, right? we, did a, we did a beer called boys don't rye last year with a illustration on it. That looked a lot like Robert Smith of the cure. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's there's a little great. stuff like that, like yeah. taking pop culture clues and all that. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Jonathan, you got anything else? No, this has been fun, Nick. And we appreciate you coming on. Where can uh, our listeners find out more about, uh, about your company, about your brewery? Sean's got the website. Yeah, so up. I think for most people, they really just care about where is our Instagram. And um, in yep. the same way that our, our company is named after the, the REM song near wild heaven, by the way, with the band's blessing, yep. all of our socials are beer wild heaven. So easy to find. Oh, cool. And, yeah, nice. and there you can see the beach bonfire. That's the, that's the beer I'm drinking today, beach bonfire. There it is. We'll be sure to uh, follow you guys on Instagram. Looks like you got some fun stuff going so there. You also said you were in um, Publix and Kroger. Where else, are you anywhere else across the country? How far from Georgia we're in, do you we're in go? most of the big chains. Yeah, uh, we're all over Georgia. We're all over Tennessee. Uh, Jonathan, you can definitely find us around Knoxville, although we probably need no, to get I- our butts up there and do do some sales work. Yeah. I've seen your, emer- your yeah. emergency beer is, is, is pretty, I've seen it pretty widely, uh, up here, yeah. but you know, I, and then I think it was the, uh, wise blood, uh, IPA too is one that I've, yep, I've that one's up been a there a good bit. Yep. I love that pretentious beer company up there. Is that place still rocking and rolling? I haven't been in about a year and a half, but I loved it. <laughs> pretentious beer company. Do I not have it right? <laughs> Isn't that the place with all the glassware downtown? I haven't been down there. Mm. I've been in. That's you a have good, to go check that out, John. Yeah, I have to check it out. You you got me there. Yeah, yeah. we've Maybe. got a couple. We've got quite a few brewery, breweries popping up all around Austin. Yeah, they're, I mean, distilleries and of course wine country out in hill country. But yeah, we'd love to. You ought to see if you can get an HEB. I know that's a tough nut to crack, probably. But um, you're an HEB. They just opened up a whole nother country worth of. Oh, wow beer drinkers, you know, yeah. with Texas, that's, that's Big our time. That's our Kroger is HEB. <laughs> People are super loyal to it. Yeah. We have not come to Texas. We are in South Carolina, Alabama, Tennessee, and Georgia. Yeah. Um, there's a chain we're talking to um, that has, and I can't reveal the name of it, but they have a lot of locations in, in, the, in our existing footprint, but they're also in Texas. And the deal that they want to do with us would require us to serve those Texas locations. So I just sure. like, we may have to figure out a Texas distribution deal at some point. It'd yeah. be fun for me because I love Texas. Yeah. It's a great place. We love it. So, well, Nick, it's been fun. Yeah. Thanks for joining, joining us, man. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Friday evening and uh, happiest hour. <laughs> happiest hour. <laughs> That's right. You guys have a good one. Take care. Cheers. See thanks. You. All right, Sean. Fun stuff, man. Um, yeah. We got another episode coming up here shortly. So uh, I guess we're going to wrap up to all of our listeners out there. You can find us over at persuasionbythepint.com. Find us on all of your podcast platforms, Stitcher Radio, iHeart, Spotify, you name it. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. See you on the next one. See ya.